Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Ed Harold here with my podcast, The Life with Breath Expert Series. And today we have the amazing Jocelyn Steele with us. And just in a very serendipitous way, we were out in RVs, or different RVs, and we met one morning uh, in Idaho? Montana. Montana. And I just met your beautiful husband, and he was out walking the dog, and I was walking Harley, and we started, I don't know, somehow we started to talk yoga. Two guys. At the back of the RV painted with the logo. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. So you guys were out on some quest to bring yoga to the youth of America through the schools, and my poor heart just cracked open when I heard that. And I was like, now this is someone who's living a fruitful life of Dharma, spreading the word and helping plant great seeds for the upcoming youth and the challenges that they're going to go into in life. So, you know, Jocelyn, well, first of all, thank you so much. Thank you. For for joining us here this week. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and your beautiful company and what you've built and, and, and where, where is it all right now? Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking me. This is, this is absolutely awesome. I loved how we met, you know, by the way, we weren't even supposed to, um, we were just in that RV resort campground space for a single night. Cause we were going from, I don't know, Washington to Yellowstone. So we just, we picked that spot on a whim and said, let's just stay here for the night. We have four more hours to drive to Yellowstone. We were tired. And so, uh, yeah, this is just great. So to answer your question, I have a background in commercial real estate and I have 20 years of building and developing retail shopping centers across the country. And I thought that I was going to be the next CEO of a large real estate development company. Well, I went to uh, Bali for yoga and the instructor was brilliant. And I do believe it takes a really good instructor to kind of navigate people in the way that I was navigated. And I feel like for the first time, something opened up inside of me, clarity, something different than I'd ever known before about myself opened up and made itself known. And I have never been wired the same since. I found compassion. I found empathy. I found I found respect for myself, respect for life, respect for all living things. I couldn't wake up. I could not. I couldn't wait to wake up every day mm-hmm. and just be excited about what the day was going to bring me. My sadness was gone. My heartache was gone. I no longer wanted to continue my real estate path in that way. And so I started to continue practicing yoga and meditation and breathing. Very important. The breathing aspect is probably the most important for me and what we teach in our nonprofit. So I started continuing that for several years and my life has opened up in ways that is hard to explain into English words because living like this is actually living and living before was not really living. It was just on a hamster wheel, just kind of going. And uh, so life with a yoga practice, with a meditation practice and a breathing practice is life. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to talk about it when you you don't know what you don't know. And so that that's where the compassion comes in. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to create a nonprofit yoga and youth. And because I want to get the tools of yoga and meditation and breathing to the youngest of generations, the youngest of kids. And because if they have this in their tool belt, it's just a tool that they can, they can go back to and use whenever they need, just like we use it in our adult life. And yoga for kids in America is not really a thing yet. It's kind of sprinkled in. Mm-hmm. But I have a background in working for big corporate companies. And so I have taken all my skills and knowledge and everything I know to apply it to my nonprofit to get to as many kids 
as possible so that they have these tools that they can use whenever they need for a life that's just full of more joy, more balance, more and just what life to me should be and for them. Yeah. So yoga and the youth. Yoga and youth.com. Yoga and yoga. What is the address? Yoga and youth.com. Now it's it's not just you, right? You have a whole cadre uh, nationally of yeah. teachers supporting you and the kids and the parents. Yes, it's fantastic. <clears throat> yeah, we have about 40 yoga teachers who have taught for us in some capacity, in some way. And we have two handfuls of handfuls of kids yoga teachers who teach regularly in different schools, in different platforms, and for different organizations in seven different states. So this organization was just born nine months ago. And we're regularly teaching in seven, seven different states to, let's see, anywhere from two years old in our early learning and our daycare centers all the way up to 18 years old. Wherever, wherever we can find kids, we will teach to kids. We have two different platforms. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, but there are organizations who can afford to bring our services to their kids. And so some, some organizations pay. And then of course we're a nonprofit. So we take that money and we teach yoga to kids who do not have access to yoga or can't afford yoga, Title I schools, or just don't have the tools to get to yoga. Yoga is getting expensive in America, and it shouldn't be. It's, it's gotten really trendy. And anything that gets trendy here in America, which I love this country, but if it gets trendy, it gets expensive. And to me, yoga shouldn't be expensive. This is these are tools that everyone should have and everyone have, should have access to. So we teach to those who can get access to it. And we also bring yoga to those who can't have access to it. God, God must love you. <laughs> because, you know, these kids, the next generation are going to go through challenges yes. internally and externally. Like my generation can't even imagine. What are, what are some of the like, the headlines you get from kids who take your programs. Um, what I love the feedback, we get a lot of feedback. The feedback I love the most is when parents say that their kids are teaching them right. the tools of yoga, for example, and I'm paraphrasing here, mom, Calm down. All you need to do is breathe. Mom, breathe in through your nose. Hold, hold it, hold it, mom. And breathe out through your nose. And mom, don't you feel better? That's the feedback that doesn't get old. And so I it's it's super fulfilling. No, there's no doubt about that. This is super fulfilling, but when I hear that kids are teaching their parents how to calm down, it tells me that the kids are actually absorbing what we are teaching them. They, they understand how to apply it to themselves and they understand it so much that they can help others mm -hmm. apply it. And that's when I know like we're, what, what we're doing is working. They're absorbing it. And that's, that's incredible. That's just amazing. Yeah. You know, one of the great parts about the yoga experience is in our own way, we all become teachers, whether we decide to teach or not. And the family unit is everything and learning how to communicate and learning how to relax and learning how to deliver direct, difficult messages without any extra emotion in it. You know, that's one of the great things that comes from yoga is it is the master tool for conscious communication. Yes. Yes. I so when kids start to give advice to their parents, how do you think that child feels inside? Empowered. Like I am valuable. I am I can valuable. Be seen and heard. Yes. I'm valuable. Um, 
yes, I can be, I'm seeing, I'm being seen, I'm being heard, I'm being helpful. Um, there's confidence in speaking. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of children and adults for that matter, who have trouble speaking for lots of different ways. But one reason is because a lack of confidence or a lack of self-esteem. So when children see a situation, AKA their parent needs to calm down or breathe because they're getting a little excited. The child at that point, in my eyes, the child is saying, I'm confident in speaking something that's helpful. It's going to help you. So it's not only I'm being seen, I'm being heard, I'm being taken serious. It's also I'm confident. And that's huge when we go into areas of self-esteem and body issues and self-respect and self-love, which is also uh, what we learn in yoga and in meditation is self-love, self-respect, um, self-everything, really. Right. And so I feel like it's full circle that these kids are being able to have the confidence to speak up. Because if they're telling their parents these small little tips, which in the family unit is fun and it's silly, but the parents are overwhelmed with satisfaction because they actually take it seriously. It also invites me to realize that these kids are probably telling other people, not just their parents. And so they're, they're community leaders at this point. I mean, it's just endless. It's just, it's absolutely endless. And that's what we're here for. We're here to build a stronger generation youth that is confident, that is esteemed, but it's also very respectful and humble. That's what we're after. Yeah, it's really interesting when we're young. Because most of the educational model is top down. It's memorization, it's repetition, and you take a test and it just goes into your subconscious. It's wonderful. And a lot of a lot of kids do really, really well with that. When we start talking about yoga, we, we start talking about being in the body. And we know that children have strong emotions. They have strong feelings. And sometimes they're overwhelmed in regard to controlling these feelings without acting out in a destructive way or an aggressive way. And I think one of the great parts about yoga is it gives children the opportunity to apply languaging and words and phrasings to what they're feeling at any given time. And that's a skill that you can take all the way to your graveyard that you're, that you're never going to learn that's in right. the Western educational model which is basically top-down, left prefrontal cortex, subconscious memory. When we start to add the yoga, what we're offering is kind of a bottom-up type of educational experience. It's from, kind of from the belly to the brain. So yes. we become aware of a feeling. We become aware of a memory. We become aware of an impulse. And then we have the ability to teach the child that he can apply skillful languaging to this. And yes. he doesn't have to act out or be aggressive or defensive or be shamed or blamed. It's just a whole nother level of being human at a very young age. It's going to pay dividends all through life. I think so. Yeah. And I, and I think you, you made a good point there because we also support other local organizations in different states. So I'm not alone in the idea of bringing yoga to kids. And when, when we were in the RV traveling the country and spreading awareness to our cause, I met wonderful local organizations who are doing, who's doing the same work that we are. And it behooved me to sit down with these other professionals who've been doing it longer than, than I have, quite frankly, and to get their take on it. And one thing that you said that I've heard many times with different organizations like ours, because we're all a collective, we're all doing the, the more of us, the good, right. Mm -hmm. um, is the reaction is slowed. Just like what you said, kids, they notice lots of different metrics. They notice that kids are reacting differently. So instead of just that aggression, because you're embarrassed or you feel vulnerable, right? Like human beings 
we react aggressively most of the time when we're embarrassed or when we're vulnerable or when we're weak. It's just a facade. It's just a fake facade. Kids are no different. They just do it a little bit probably more aggressively than, than we, what we do. Kids are reacting different when they have yoga, meditation, and breath work as part of their weekly routine. And so when they feel, they're not afraid to feel emotions, these kids who are regulars. They're not afraid to be sad. They're not afraid to be embarrassed. They understand it. They're not afraid of it. We teach them how to use their breath. We teach them so much self-respect and self-love. They embrace this so much that their reaction is quite different than what it used to be. The, the aggression has slowed. The thought process has lengthened. And I think that's huge, especially in American youth, where everything is so fast. Everything's fast here in the West, Western culture. And our reaction is just as fast because we're all going a thousand miles an hour. But when we feel like we're being backed into a corner, imagine you're six years old and you're being bullied. Well, perhaps you're not punching or screaming anymore. Perhaps you're standing up, using your voice, using your breath to calm yourself down. And that's what a lot of organizations like mine are also seeing, which is amazing. Yeah, and it's an acquired skill. And learning how to respond to the yes. moment rather than react to the moment the same way you perceived it occurring last time. This is a life skill for parents. This is a life skill for anyone, regardless of your age. It's staying conscious with yes. the experience, evaluating the experience before you respond, balancing risk and reward and all the other little tentacles of the human experience as how, how we communicate our thoughts and feelings to others. Yes. It's priceless. It's priceless. I, I don't think I really learned to respond emotionally in a healthy way until about 30 years ago uh, after yeah. you know a lot of work on myself. You know, I was always had a mask on and everything was okay with me and the whole world was messed up and everyone was here to serve me and it was all male ego, you know, competitiveness yeah. and judgments. And it was just such as the hamster chasing his wheel, mm. running away from your heart with all of the stories of the mind. Same. And, uh, you know, as soon as you start to get your first couple breakthroughs neurologically and, when you get your first couple breakthroughs emotionally, your first thing is like, Oh my God, why didn't I do this? So-and-so. Yeah. Yeah. The same. I, I, for the longest of time, as long as I can remember up until about three years ago, when I found my true yoga practice, my meditation practice, I had the biggest ego and everybody was beneath me. I had all the right answers. And then when you have those breakthroughs neurologically, mm -hmm. you feel so uh, and stupid is the wrong word, but you feel so silly because you've been acting this way as an adult mm -hmm. for way too long. And then once you have these breakthroughs, you realize that it's so humbling. You realize... Yeah just how silly you've been acting. And that that's quite embarrassing. And I remember doing a lot of apologizing to a lot of people and just simply saying, please forgive me. I didn't know any better. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry. And, and that's amazing too. Right? So if, if we can do this as adults, why not try to give this to younger people? So it's just a little bit easier for them. Life's just a little bit easier. Yeah. You know, when we think about children and we think about the adults, we're talking about two different sets of brains and, mm -hmm. and how they, how they operate the rhythm of the brain, the time loops of how the brain is wired. When you think about the different ways that the belly responds to the environment, you know, that we're in, 
can you speak a little bit about therapy or the yoga that you guys are doing and self-awareness teaching that to the child how to be sure. self-aware yeah uh it's hard to put into words um let me think about that for a second because in my opinion and and please i this is a a two-way conversation in my opinion the best way that i can answer that is self-awareness through yoga happens organically mm -hmm. because you you're moving mm -hmm. your body and sinking your breath you're watching your body move mm -hmm. as it's moving so when we're just going about our days our body is moving our mind is somewhere else whether mm -hmm. it's in the past or the future but it's definitely not aligned mm -hmm. with the present moment of literally watching your body physically move and so in in the yoga practice you're so aligned in the present moment you're physically watching each move that your body is making even if it's just like the tip of your finger or moving your mm -hmm. fingers in a way you know in kids mm -hmm. yoga we do a lot of this mm -hmm. and a lot of different brain things but you're actually watching your body move and i think organically that body awareness just builds i know it did for me now i'm not on the science side of things mm -hmm. i am not a doctor i have no medical experience um that's my that opinion is just from my own practice and mm -hmm. from our amazing instructors who are much more qualified Mm. And by the way, we hire, for the most part, our child instructors have certifications in psychology, mm -hmm. some kind of doctorate background, mm -hmm. uh, some kind of trauma background, therapist background, counselor background. So there's a lot of medical backgrounds in our child yoga, children yoga teachers. I had them on here to to kind of answer your question better, but that my feedback comes from my own practice. What do you think? Well, first of all, I think that's a beautiful description of self-awareness. Okay, good. Yeah. If it's not difficult to explain, it's not working. So a lot of what we're doing comes from a wordless place where we give individuals the permission to add their own languaging. So I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Self-awareness. In other words, if, if you're not aware of a certain choice, how can you interact with that choice in your mind and body? Mm -hmm. So when we have awareness, we have our emotional intelligence, we have our mental intelligence, and we embody all of that to become more aware. Awareness begins when you begin to look inside and you learn new things and you begin to remember, hey, I know stuff. Yeah. And when you begin to, re all learning is somewhat a remembering. You know, you're like, you it's something turns on inside a cell and all of a sudden there's an imprint there and you're like, where'd that come from? And all of a sudden you remembered that. And then you begin, well, if I remember that, what else can I remember today? So all of this learning that we're picking up through our five sense perception, which is activated big time through the movement of the nervous system, the muscles, the soft tissue, the bones, we, as you were speaking earlier, organically and naturally begin to remember things that yes. weren't there a minute ago. Yeah. And they stick. They stay. Why do they stay? Because we learned it from the body. The body never forgets. The body is always in the present moment. It doesn't know about 10 minutes from now or 10 minutes. It's not like the mind where it can time travel. The body's right here, right now, just waiting for us to slow down, drop into the body, and just look and listen. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And you see, kids, when kids are younger, most adults 
are living in the beta waves all the time. It's almost the fastest oscillation of brainwave activity. In other words, the movie you're watching in your head, these still pictures are moving at a very quick pace. That's the beta waves. And then we begin to practice slowing down the breathing, slowing down the body. We practice meditation and the action of the hormonal secretions and the blood pressure and, and the hormonal changes in the body slow the brain down into the alpha state, which is a state where the pictures are moving a little bit slower. There's gaps in between the pictures. There's punctuation and gaps between the narrative. And you'll see a lot of kids, they're living, say, the ages of like 7 to 10, 7 to 11. They're in the alpha state most of the time. They're downloading information from the environment. They're storing it in their subconscious, and they're becoming him or her. The children under nine in school are living in the theta state. And the theta state is an even slower brainwave oscillation than the alpha. The theta state is a perfected brainwave activity for maximum absorption of learning. They don't really know who their name is yet. They're just finding out that we all wear different clothes. Their brainwave pattern is very slow at a young age so that their sense organs adapt to the environment that's going to be present in their life. Most adults can't get into the theta state because they're exhausted and they fall into the delta waves. They fall mm -hmm. asleep because they're in adrenal fatigue, their diet might be poor, their heart rate's too high, they're not burning fat, they're just burning sugar. You know, there's a lot of high blood pressure and they don't have the energy to be in the theta state. So the younger kids are always in the theta or alpha state. So it's just really, how do we sustain that for the family, the adults, and at the same time, nurture the fact that we want children to age slowly. There's no rush to be 13. Right. Wow. That's a, thank you for all that. That was a wealth of information. Thank you for that. That's great. Well, why do people, adults, feel so good when they leave a yoga experience, if it's taught correctly? Number one, they're taking very few breaths per minute. Number two, their heart rate and blood pressure is stable. The fear centers of the brain sense the lower heart rate and slower respiration rate and tone down the amygdala, the hypothalamus. They tone way down. The higher brain. The hippocampus turns on. And in that safety that we've created, the brain waves will slow down. So when you leave yoga, one of the things you'll notice is you barely need to breathe. You're super oxygenated. Number two, yeah. your heart rate is very low. Number three, you'll respond before you react. So you're conscious. And then you'll notice that the brainwave activity, you're in that alpha or theta state. And the idea is when you leave yoga is how long can I stay in this mental state before I'm triggered? Yes. And hopefully it's longer than most. Man, yeah, so, you, know, you, minutes. you want it to last longer than the parking lot. Yeah. You want to at least go home and let your family see this blissed out state that you have. I know that I, I think I think now in my yogic journey, I, I'm pretty blissed out all day and I love it. Well, that's when our prana levels are high. Yeah, it's a higher conscious way of prana living. Prana levels are low. We identify with our false self, our low self. Yeah. So the idea, you know, obviously is to have a tremendous amount of energy, mm -hmm. but not hyper energy. Yeah. And you brought up another good point, Ed, about the diet, mm. about you, you mentioned that adults are, you know, eating a lot of refined sugar and processed foods. What we also classes we're not sitting there preaching about foods necessarily and again this happens organically is that there's so much focus on the body there's so much focus on the breath and on the mind organically kids are eating better because there's so much self-respect and knowledge there's so much when you just start watching your body move and feeling your body move and feeling the different sides of your body and, and being silly and being serious mm -hmm. and 
seeing what's moving, what's not moving, quite frankly. You start having this level of respect for your physical body that you want to treat it so well that you don't want to do anything to jeopardize the health of your physical body and your mind. And we're also seeing in these kids that that's organically happening in their diet. We don't have to say, don't eat sugar. And I don't think that when I started yoga, people had to tell me not to eat sugar either. It just developed so quickly and organically. Mm -hmm. You just start eating better. You just start taking better care of yourself. You have so much respect for your life. The kids are no different. They're eating better as well. And that's fantastic. That's amazing. Yeah. Because there is, there is no other respect besides self-respect. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So when the kids start eating better, that's just, it's, it's just, it goes back. And I can sit here for days and you can too, talking about how great it is to just have the philosophy of yoga in the American culture. Well, when I started in yoga in the nineties, it was just getting started. Yeah. Uh, now it's, it's a billion dollar industry. Some of that's good. <laughs> it got, it got not... trendy. Yeah. Oh, and that's another thing. Um, times, well, not anymore, but early on when I would visit shelters, we teach to several shelters for abused parents, abused kids. We actually teach to homeless shelters that have kids and parents in them. Then there's um, organizations that just cater to homeless kids. So that's real. And I know people don't like to talk about it, but it's real and it exists everywhere. And those trauma, then you would wish on anyone. And it's not their choice. They're simply born into a situation, whatever situation that their parents have at the time. And now because of maybe they can't afford a home or maybe there's abuse there, it has, there's no choice of the child. Now they have trauma. And I totally forget where I was going with when I first said that, because as soon as I started talking about the shelters, it's real and it's, it, it's, it's hard to witness, but, um, yeah, I totally forgot where I, where I was going with that, but we do teach, it'll come back to me. Uh there's a lot of traumatic kids in this American society. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So when I go into these shelters, a lot of the directors will say, they're supposed to wear, they're just, they just have what they have on. Mm-hmm. And although I am a big fan of yoga apparel, it looks nice. It's, it's very trendy. It's very fashionable, Um, but perhaps we've gotten a little too far ahead of our skis with the trendy fashion yoga wear, because if people think that they have to dress a certain way to come to yoga class or to experience yoga in their home, I want that to be clear. You do not have to, you show up exactly how you are. You show up with what you have on and how you are. There's no judgment there. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it, it's sad to think that there's some, there's people out there who think that they won't go to yoga or their kids can't go to yoga because they don't have the right clothes. And we see that and we hear that a lot too. And I want to make that known. You do not have to look a certain way. You show up just as you are. And that is good enough. You're perfect. Well, thank you for that. I think people need to hear that. Now, I remember back when I was younger, I, I, I had a nonprofit and I was teaching yoga to uh, kids of color who were homeless or abused or living in cars. And uh, I mean, it was just ripping my heart out. And, yeah. You know, before I started this eight week series with these kids, I guess I was maybe 40 years old. And there was a little part of me that was like, what the heck are you going to be able to do for these kids? I was a little nervous. Sure. Because I was really, I really cared. I, I wanted this to work, but I didn't know if I had the skills to connect with these kids, you know, the ages eight to 
13, just life was just, ah, you just spoke on it. And what I'm trying to get at is how, what is the message that you have for teachers out there who might be a little apprehensive about going to work with the youth? Because I can tell you from experience, it works, it works big time and it works every time. Yeah. These kids will love you. You know, just show up, be authentic, create boundaries, watch their faces, watch their bodies. You will know what to do. Yeah. So we have, thank you for saying that. We have a uh, kids yoga teacher training, say that five times fast, program. We partnered with a gal who lives in Las Vegas. And she has been practicing yoga and teaching yoga for over 30, maybe 35 years. She is certified beyond measure in all forms of children, including being a mother. And I don't know there's any more certification that anyone needs. Uh, If you're a parent, you're you're good. You understand how kids operate. I do not have children. And so when I got my certification to be a kid's teacher, I was very I'm not, I wasn't around kids that much. And so what we decided to do, um, our, our master lead trainer and I, for our program and to set it aside, because we do teach to several different types of kids and different age groups and, and backgrounds. And sometimes there's trauma and sometimes there's no trauma is that we decided to make teachers more comfortable. We would be the only teacher program that's a hybrid. And what I mean by that is there's a self there's 45 hours of self-paced study. And then it's a 90 hour program. So after 90 hours, you get certified. It's Yoga Alliance accredited. But there's also a component that nobody else has out there. And it wasn't there when I took my training and maybe it's out there now. I don't, I don't believe it is, is that you have live interaction with our, our master instructor as she is teaching kids yoga. And so you could be there in person, you could be there on a screen like this, and you can watch live her teach kids. You can interact if that's what you wanna do. So you can test your skills. You can test which cues work, which words work, what tone, your tonality, and you can see the response from the kids. Uh, so you have this live interaction with classes and in addition to the self-paced study to get you the most comfortable that you possibly can to get into that teaching kids yoga. And so thank you for asking that. Yeah, that wasn't even part of my, my bullet points, but it's a, it's a huge part of our program because what we noticed is that there's not a lot of kids teachers out there. They're hard to find. Um, And we can only grow with the capacity of teachers. And so there was a lack of teachers. We decided to create our own program. And so when you graduate from the yoga and youth certification program, you are immediately, if you choose, it's not required, but if you want, you are immediately put into job placement in whatever town or city that you are in, because we have national contracts with the YMCA, the YWCA, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, the MLK Center, Boys and Girls Club of America. We have these national accounts. They're in every single state. And we can only get to the kids if we have an instructor. So I urge you, if anyone's listening to this and they want to be a kid's instructor, I urge you to just entertain the idea. And if you like kids or like being silly or want to get paid to just be silly and change the world, then be a kid's yoga instructor. It's fun. Yes, everyone. Jocelyn's talking to you. <laughs> That's, That's right. You. That's you. That's you. You can do this. You can do this. Yeah. You know, one of the things I like to ask my guests, it's a, it's a little out there, but I think it's directly involved in human performance and communication is moods. 
Ah. You know, we, we have neuroscientists that talk to us all about the brain. We have people who talk about the gut. We have people who talk about the cardiovascular system. One of the things that I think all of humanity can use, understanding that earth life is simply a school in its own. Yeah. You know, we're all in school. I try to learn one new thing every day so that I can forget one old thing that I'm not anymore from 40 That's years right. ago. That's right. You know, when we think about moods, one of the things that I think that we get from a therapeutic yoga practice or the application of yoga techniques is we become more aware of harnessing our moods and we can adapt to environments, different environments and become more resilient and control our mood consciously. So the mood doesn't control us on old subconscious imprints. That's one of the big things that I really think that the world needs is everybody being in a better mood. I mean, you don't have to be happy, go lucky all the time, right? but there's also that beautiful neutrality mood. There's that witness mood. There's that observer. Yes. Mode. The untethered soul. Yes. Can we speak a little bit about that, please? Yes. And I, for one, am a moody person. I wear all my emotions on my sleeve. And so when it comes to moods, one thing that an exercise that we like to do in yoga class, and it's up to the discretion, it's up to the discretion of the teacher, is that if kids aren't, if kids aren't doing what they should do, and you sense that there's a little bit of an imbalance and Sally is sad and Dennis is happy and all these things, we have what's called high and low. So we put kids, this isn't directly answering your question, but I'll get there. We put, <laughs> we put kids in a circle and we stop, we pause. Because what I have noticed and from my training and from the feedback of our teachers and just being a human, human being, most of the time when we're feeling a mood, we just probably need to talk it out. Maybe go there first and then see, see if we need to do some more work. So that's our first answer is let's put the kids in a circle, always a circle, the connection, it's, a, it's mm -hmm. unified. And we talk about the high of your day and the low of your day. So we can understand that we can calibrate. Okay. What, what's the best thing that happened to you today and what made you sad today? Or what made you angry today? Chances are just talking about whatever it is that bothering you will balance out your mood, just mm -hmm. getting it out. Now to specifically answer your question, the word content rings to me. When you said, let's talk about moods and that neutrality, the word content, I always thought that this word was just awful. Whoever wanted to be content right. in my previous life, you should never be content. You're never growing if you're content. I did not understand what the word content really meant. And it means to me, what we teach, what we want to teach in our classes is that you don't have to be high and you don't have to be these extreme lows. It's almost like the Tao, the way, mm -hmm. right? And the pendulum. Mm -hmm. So for every time that you're extreme over here, you're going to come back extreme over here before you find that balance. Mm -hmm. And that word content means that you can just notice mm -hmm. your mood. You can notice the undulation of your breathing and how you feel and your highs and your lows. And you just kind of have a sense of control that the external world is changing rapidly. People are going to make you upset. Things are going to make you upset. Things are going to make you happy, but there's a sense of self-control that you're just kind of breathing with it, observing it, and you're not letting yourself just run rapid with the external forces of the world and the people in it. And so moods and being content and just having that self-awareness and that control that I'm just going to sit right here and watch this world go by. And maybe I choose for this high to absorb. Maybe I choose for this low point to absorb, but it's, it's a conscious choice. And that greatly affects, 
at least my mood. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that was very well said. Yeah. Uh, my experience was that being content could be a verb. Ooh, there, I like that. A lot of action in being content. It is not just close your eyes and hang on and white knuckle it. There's choices there. There is an unwinding of unhealthy competitiveness against ourselves or self-sabotage or maybe other folks that might be in our inner circle who we feel we need to dominate or be better from. You know, content sure. is anything, <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's just action. There is yeah. a choice there. And choices have consequences. I've heard that in my life. Yeah, life's about choices. That's what I was told. Life's about choices. That's right. It's true. So teaching children about free will. Ah, autonomy. Rather than fear will. Yes. Stepping forward when others are stepping back. Yes. This is a time of major transformation on earth. I think so. Yes. This is no time to keep your seatbelt on. We got to show these children. Well, first of all, they're already born enlightened. They're way ahead of where I was when I was born in the fifties. Mm -hmm. uh, the they seem to be vibrating at a very high level. Yeah. Uh, they seem to be super aware at a young age of things that I was never aware of when I was their age. Mm -hmm. and, and how do we use yoga as a tool to amplify uh, these inbred uh, on board mm new neural systems that children are working with and being born into. Yeah. So what we have noticed is that kids operate at a high frequency, just like what you mentioned all the time, mm -hmm. all day long, they wake up high frequency, they go to bed high frequency. And so in yoga class, what we physically observe is that kids enjoy being calm. Because if you think about it, you have to have balance. I go back to the pendulum example. For every time that you swing way to the right, mm -hmm. you have to swing equally to the left to find that balance, that middle. And so kids love being calm. And I think it's because they're operating at such a high frequency all the time it probably gives them a, a sense of balance that they otherwise wouldn't know, that they otherwise wouldn't feel. Yes. So when we speak of the yogic sciences and we speak of prana, mm -hmm. when prana levels are high, and we know prana levels are high in our youth, when prana levels are high, we'll notice that we are introverted first. We notice there's a dilation of man-made time mm. we notice that the body is vibrating very quickly at the level of the dna but the brainwave pattern is slow and steady yeah and and as facilitators of health we don't want to disturb that right we want to only enhance that right and having that quicker vibration in the body in their youth youth are extremely sensible uh sensitive mm -hmm. to the need to get it right. And yes. when we correct youth, they are vibrating so quickly. Any shame or blame or attack on the child, they will carry that yes. namaskara or karma their entire life. We need to be so skillful in how we present correction to these beautiful vibrating beings of light. Yes. Yeah. Now, what's next on the radar here for yoga and youth? What's going on in 2022 that the world needs to tune in to you and your organization about? Yeah, yeah. So we are starting to enter schools. Um, we've already entered daycares and early learning centers, but we want to tackle the public school system. It's Sadly, it's easy to get into private schools because there's no 
there's there's not as much red tape. Charter schools, private schools, it's all fine. Getting into public schools has been very difficult. And when you mentioned the word yoga, it has a connotation that is sadly tied to religion. And I am here to break that mentality because there's, from my stance, from my lens, there's no tie, direct tie of what we are teaching these kids to any religion whatsoever. In fact, just for eliminating all doubt, we take out of our classes any and all chanting, we take out all mudras. And for those watching, mudras are hand gestures. We take out words such as namaste. We take out all Sanskrit words. Now, Sanskrit is a beautiful language and I love traditional yoga. So for me personally, it's sad that we're taking out these areas of the practice, but to eliminate any doubt that we're here for the greater good to promote healthy young Americans without religious ties, we're taking out these components of our classes and all of our instructors know this. And that is our, and the reason why we're doing that is to break the barrier with the public school system and to get into, you know, your gym class an elective class. So you have the option to take band, you have the option to take chorus, you have the option to have other electives that are in school, you have physical education, and perhaps a part of your physical education, you have yoga and youth, you have yoga. And it doesn't have to be yoga and youth, it doesn't have to be my organization. It's just yoga should be an, an option in the public school system. Oh, without a doubt. You just know, like we, all the rest, just like physical education is prominent, it's it's unquestionable, right? You go to school, you have math, you have social studies, you have history, you have physical education. There should be some type of movement, meditation, breathing offering. Yeah, without a doubt, it's it works. It works. And we hear so much in, about the teachers having problems with students and violence and uh, emotional outbursts and disturbances in class. You know, this stuff gets nipped in the bud when you yeah. start to introduce yoga principles. Immediately. It starts working immediately. And not, like, don't take my word for it. We, we see this. We know this. Well, it's not like it came around the block yesterday. This is Yeah, it's 5,000 years ago, man. You know, you know it's, it's in the schools in third world countries where yeah. kids barely even have water. Why exactly. is it? Because they want these children to be good citizens. Yes. They want these children to respect their parents and their elders. And they life. want these students to know how to skillfully speak and skillfully listen and be conscious. Yeah. It's yeah, I don't want to go off on a tangent on this thing, but it's you know, easy public, to do. This is one of the things that the public schools need body based learning. You call it what you want, but yoga is body-centered psychotherapy. And yeah. when you have a young yeah, child and he's got all this energy in his body and he doesn't know what to do with it, well, we've got a suggestion for you with yes. yoga and the youth. Yes. Is there anything that I can do to uh, help facilitate a greater awareness well, uh, for your organization? You. Thank you for asking. Having me on your podcast is wonderful. I, I'm so happy that we met on a whim in Montana at an RV park and that you invited me to be on this podcast. So thank you for that. We, we at Yoga and Youth, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We also are set up, of course, to receive donations, but we are marketing a $1 a month recurring donation campaign. And the reason why that we are we decided to go ahead with the $1 a month is because we're not trying to break anyone's bank. We are not trying to make it hard for people to raise awareness and raise up the American youth. This, the, the mentality behind $1 a month 
is that the American people are coming together as one unity and saying, we are here for you kids. We are here for you. We understand our world is crazy. We understand that we as human beings, we have suffered and we are standing up and coming together as one united American front by donating $1 a month, which solely goes to teaching kids yoga. I'm a volunteer. I'm the founder of the organization. I'm a volunteer. The only people who get paid are the instructors themselves when they teach. There's nobody on payroll. There's nobody getting paid. There's volunteers everywhere in the organization. So these donations 100% fund yoga for kids. Well, that's just so exciting. And I couldn't be happier for your soul, your spirit, your personality. Thank you. Uh, all the various parts that create you and support you and nurture you. And, uh, you know, this is really just the first inning. You're really just getting started with this, aren't you? Yeah, we're, we're nine months in. And it's already huge. Well, uh, we're here for it. I'm, there, there's no quit over here. And I want to leave the world a better place than I found it. And this is the way that I know how to do it. You know, one of the amazing things that you're doing is you're helping the family from the bottom up, from the quote unquote least aware to sure. the most aware. Usually yeah. it's the parents telling the child what to do. The family unit is the key to survival in America, that yes. American freedom to be you, the American dream to choose what you want in your life and cut your own cloth in your life. And here we are helping the American family from the bottom up rather than the top down. That has to bear huge fruit. I think so. Yeah, we'll see in years to come and generations to come. Uh, I've been told by scholars and scientists that if we continue to do this work, myself and the other organizations that exist like mine, it will probably take three generations for all of this to come full circle. So the children that are receiving our yoga classes today, they have children. The parents who are now the kids, hopefully I can uh, uh, say this correctly. So the the kids who are receiving it, they have kids. And those kids have a yoga practice in their lives. Those kids raise up to be adults. They have kids, which are now the grandchildren of the kids that we're teaching today. That's three generations of yoga as a child. That's when we're going to see a big difference in our American society as a family unit, as an American society, just a true, a true shift in what we are today. Yeah. You know, I think back when my daughters were younger, they're 27 and 25, but you know, every, when they were with me, they went to yoga with adults. They were eight sure. to six and eight years old when they started. And when they were 18, the first thing they did as soon as they turned 18 is like, I got them in a 30 day teacher training where they could learn to understand what it's like to be a young, a young woman and how to Great. have a healthy sense of self and, you know, grow beyond what your mental imprints are of the world. And, you know, just looking at them today, I'm just, I'm so glad that somewhere in their subconscious memory, they, they, they know about controlling their breath. They know about, you know, downward dog and up dog. They know about slowing the meditation of the mind. They know about it being at peace when there's the appearance of war. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one thing about the yoga practice that I think is really good for kids is it teaches kids to trust, you know, yoga practice, whether you're an adult or a child, it teaches you to start to trust yourself more and life, the past. trust your life. Yeah. Everything is happening everything. for your benefit. Yeah. Everything's working for you. And right. just trust that. Get out of your own way. Yeah. Let go of the reins and just allow your path to unfold and enjoy the journey, man. Enjoy it. When you can trust yourself, things begin to change. Dramatically. Yes. Big time. Yeah. 
what happens? You stop lying. Yeah, you're just more, you're a better human being. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with myself and my audience. My team will be back with you and we'll get this out through your channels and we're going to support Great. yoga and the youth throughout America and we're going to change lives. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Ed. Thank you for having me on. You're awesome, Jocelyn, man. Love to you and continue your greatness. Thank you so much, Ed. We'll talk bye to you bye, soon. Bye-bye, love. Bye-bye.